Most of the time when you're hiring a new staff member, you expect them to make real impact by 90 days. You don't expect them to be changing the world in the first 30. Let's break it down into 30, 60, and 90 day increments so that you can be thinking of how you continue to make an impact. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. So we just released our second annual State of Sports Hiring Report this past week, and I'm super excited about it. It's a very uh, detail-oriented report giving insight into what's happening in the sports industry right now. And we layer in information from sports employers, sports job seekers, and then a lot of quotes that we pulled from this exact podcast. You know, some of the best thought leadership from the last year that we can incorporate into this report. If you follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn, I just shared it recently. I will continue to. If this is something that interests you, you can check our, our Twitter feed at Work in Sports. We're promoting it there. It's on our website at workinsports.com. It's all over the place. You can't miss it. But I'm telling you, great insight, actionable insight to kind of set you up as a job seeker or as an employer for what's happening in the industry right now and how everything's changing. We're going to continue to do this report yearly. It's a lot of fun to create because we're always interested in the trends, you know, what's happening out there, what's changing out there. That's an important part of this all. And we're all impacted. Somebody said to me the other day when I was at hashtag sports, um, we were, I was discussing a little bit more about what workinsports.com does, you know, the, the benefit, the value add that we bring to the sports business world. And he said to me, well, Everybody needs a job and everybody needs to hire people. So you really fit everybody. I'm like, that's a really good perspective because it is true. I mean, everybody needs a job. And especially those of us that want to work in the sports industry, we, we're that targeted marketplace for all of that, providing a ton of tools that will help you break into the industry, including this podcast, including our online courses, including a lot of the tools on our site. You know, iScore, iMatch, all these different things we've developed that will help you find that right match for yourself and make sure you put yourself in the best position to stand out in the application process. Really quick, I'm going to hit on this because I think this is one of those underappreciated value adds of the workinsports.com website. So I hear from people all the time and everybody says to me, I apply for a job and it goes into like some nether world to reference my kid's Minecraft addiction. I just apply and then never hear anything. That's a huge frustration. One of the amazing things that we're able to do on our site is utilize something called iScore and iMatch. These are two tools that we have that are built into our premium membership. So you don't just get access to the entire job market. You also get tools to help you refine your process. So the way these tools work, you upload your resume and you say, wow, I'm really interested in applying for this social media coordinator job with the Dallas Mavericks. Our system will look at the job description and all the requirements of it, compare it to your current resume on file and say, if you're going to apply for this job, here are things you either need to emphasize more or you need to to add or you need to change so that your resume will be a better match for this job, this role and the requirements therein. So now when you apply, you're a better match. You're going through this more thoughtfully. You can adjust your resume. You can change it around a little bit and make it a better match. I think it's one of the most important tools we could possibly bring to you. But if you only have one version of your resume and you're going to go apply for this job and it's not lined up with what they need, well, then they move on to somebody else and you never hear from them. We're giving you the insight into, hey, you score like a C right now. Here's how you get to an A on your match. And then when you apply, it'll get through the applicant tracking system a little bit faster, a little bit easier. You'll be a better match and you'll get that conversation. So a lot of tools we bring to the table, 
this report's part of it, this podcast, a lot of con- content we publish on the site, all these great tools and access to all the jobs. So I don't know. That's my little promo for the day because I'm feeling inspired. Like I want to help people. Okay. So let's get into a question then, because this is the way that I can help people the most. Hey, Brian, huge fan. Oh my gosh. I forgot to write down who wrote this question. Well, it was Janelle. I know that. I don't remember where she's from, but Janelle, this one's for you. Hey, Brian, huge fan. I've been listening to the podcast for about six months now, and it has given me more insight into working in the sports industry than my four years of college. So I have good news. I just got my first sports job and I landed it through workinsports.com by following your advice and guidance. This is part of why I've been feeling inspired today. I love hearing this kind of feedback from people saying like, you guys got me where I want to go. And I love that. Now, my next level question is this. I'm starting in two weeks. How do I make a great impression and impact over the next 30, 60 and 90 days? Janelle, awesome question. Impact, impact, impact. If you guys listen to my interview with Javier Gutierrez, the uh, president and CEO of the Phoenix Coyotes, the Arizona Coyotes, um, which just aired this past week, he talked about impact a lot, that term impact, impact, impact. And they're looking at it. He's looking at it from a community standpoint. How do we make a positive impact in our, our greater Phoenix community and greater Arizona community and throughout the hockey world? Now we're talking about impact that you can make in a 30, 60, 90 day scale because, and I, and I like the way that you're phrasing the question too. And I just want to tell everybody why 30, 60, 90 is kind of a uh, industry term in a lot of ways. Most of the time when you're hiring a new staff member, you expect them to make real impact by 90 days. You don't expect them to be changing the world in the first 30, right? You don't expect them to be coming in and managing processes and really impacting things. They're still learning so much about how you work. But by 90 days, you want to see something. So let's break this down a little further and not just say, hey, by 90 days, you need to really start to contribute. Let's break it down into 30, 60 and 90 day increments so that you can be thinking uh, incrementally of how you continue to make an impact. In the first 30 days, I'd consider you in the learning slash guided projects range. What I mean by that is you're learning how the organization operates You're learning how things are structured, where information is stored, how to access the tools that you need to do your job. And then you're working hand in hand with others on guided projects. So you're not just thrown into, hey, go write a new email marketing campaign or go come up with some new social media campaign. You're working with somebody so you can get the brand voice down so you can understand how they operate, the best practices, et cetera. I'm using a kind of social slash content kind of analogy here, but it works for anything, right? Whatever world it is you're trying to delve into, whether it's being a trainer or a scout or whatever it is, you're not just coming to come out of the gate and have, you know, in your first 30 days, massive expectations. So you're learning and you're having some guided projects. So how do you really make the impact here? Well, I tend to think there are five things that you want to do in this first 30 day. So let's get into those. Number one, you're setting a tone for how people will always remember you. Like they're always going to go back and remember that first impression that you made with them. So my advice to you is to be confident introducing yourself and lead. Don't wait. What I mean is if you're walking past somebody in the hall or you are on a Zoom call and there's somebody new in that room that you haven't met before, don't wait for them to say something. You introduce yourself. Say, oh, hi, Lauren. I don't think I've had a chance to meet you before. I'm Brian. I'm the new hire in social media. So great to meet you. What's your role? Okay, that's not so hard. But if you lead and you come out that way, you have this confidence to you, this air about you, you have this command about you. And I know this isn't comfortable for people who may be more introverted. Uh, and, I, and I appreciate that. But that's a goal. This is something we want to try to get you towards. 
eye contact, introducing yourself, leading rather than following. It sets the tone for how you'll be perceived moving forward. My old boss, I didn't learn this until later in my career. Like when I first started out at CNN Sports Illustrated, I was timid. And I sat back and I was like, oh, that's a new person. I'm probably going to just wait until they say hi to me. And then I didn't do anything, right? Well, when I got to Fox Sports Northwest, and this is seven years into my career, the GM of the station was a guy named Mark Shukin, uh, who was a bit of a mentor to me, whether he knew it or not. And every time we'd meet in a, we'd go to the suite at the Mariners game, or we'd meet with new uh, affiliate partners, or we'd meet with the Seattle Seahawks, or we'd meet with somebody, he would enter every room and he'd say, he'd look at people, he'd make eye contact, he'd say, hi, Mark Shukin, Fox Sports Northwest. Hi, Mark Shukin, Fox, Fox Sports Northwest. He led confidently. And I felt like everybody in that room knew that he was a leader and he was a decision maker. Now, I'm not saying that you need to give off that complete error when you're a new employee starting in your first 30 days, but a little bit of that flavor of like, I'm not intimidated by this situation and I'm comfortable introducing myself and I'm comfortable meeting other people, I think sets the right stage. Number two, be comfortable asking questions. Don't censor yourself for fear of looking dumb. This is something that I did very early in my career too. This 30, 60, 90 conversation could very much be a reflection on all the things I did wrong in my career. So please understand, like I come at this from a place of humility saying, I didn't do these things, so I'd love for you to. So don't censor your questions for fear of looking dumb. When you're in the first 30 days, you have this great window of being able to ask questions and nobody's going to think, how do they not know that? No, this is your actual moment to ask questions, really understand things, ask why, get to a process, get to a prioritization, you know, really understand how things are operating. Leverage that time period to get your knowledge up to where it needs to be. But this pivots into number three, which is a little bit nuanced here. Don't be a question repeater. Don't be a question repeater, 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 repeater. Meaning if you ask somebody something, show them the respect of remembering it. This happens a lot. There are people that are so focused on asking questions because they know it kind of shows them as being curious, but they're not actually listening. They're not actually taking notes, not actually putting it into action. They're just going through the motion of asking questions because they think it gives off the right vibe. And then they come back and ask the same question again. And you know what that does? If you were here and then you ask questions and people were like, I'm showing it for those of you listening, like. Uh, rather than watching on our YouTube channel, which you should subscribe to. I think it's a great idea at work in sports. Uh, you could guess that's kind of our moniker everywhere, Instagram, TikTok, wherever. Anyway, I get off subject easily. Um, if you were here, meaning kind of middle of the screen, and then you start asking questions and people are like, oh, wow, this person's really got it. And you pull, build yourself up. If you start then repeating those questions again, if you start like saying certain things that you've already said before, that's going to bring you lower than you were at that beginning phase because people are going to be like, what? This person was just going through the motions. Information isn't sticking with them. They're not really getting this. It starts to give off a really negative vibe. So when you ask questions, be a good listener and put them to work as well. Number four, we have something I really like at iHire, which is a buddy program. When you first start with this organization, Work in Sports, which was acquired by iHire, when you are a new employee, you get assigned a buddy. It's somebody that you have within the organization that is not your manager. It's not your direct manager. It's somebody that's a peer or somebody that's maybe one step ahead of you that you can ask additional questions to and get additional guidance from. Because you don't always want to be going to your boss. You don't always want to be treading in that world of, of you know, I worry about exposing myself to my boss and maybe I didn't get a concept. You have another resource that you can talk to that's kind of set up. It's a relationship that's set up. If your organization doesn't do that, doesn't mean you can't do it. 
doesn't mean you can't make a friend in the office in that first 30 days that you feel like you can ask questions to, get good answers to, that isn't going to judge you and is going to help you guide. And that isn't your direct manager. So do that. Look for somebody that can be an advocate, an asset, somebody you can really lean into as needed that you connect with on some, on some level. And number five in this section of the first 90, first 30 days, sorry, is set good habits. This is so important. This is actually my favorite of all of these. Okay. It is super easy to get out of control, to get unorganized, to have a messy desktop, to not save your expense receipts, to forget to put things in the public folders, to not organize your files in a logical way. And once that stuff gets out of control, it's out of control. Set yourself up with logical bookmarks on your browser. Set yourself up with logical folders on your desktop. If you're using something like OneDrive, make sure you have everything organized so that you can find things quickly. You don't want to be that person that's scrambling all the time and completely unorganized because if you don't set up that up at the beginning, it's going to only snowball from there. So like when I first, when we first got acquired by IHR and we got this whole new system and suite and everything like that, I've got bookmarks that are for all of our analytics tools. I've got bookmarks that are for all our different Zoom conferences rooms. I've got bookmarks for everything and I've got folders out the, you wouldn't believe it, but I know where everything goes and I'm extremely organized and that's not natural for me, but I set that up in the first 30 days and it's been one of the most important things that I have done because I know where everything is. I'm not scrambling to get information during a meeting or not being able to find something that my boss needs or whatever it may be. So in those first 30 days, start to set up these processes for yourself, build that foundation. Okay. 60 days. Now you're into planning and solo contributing. That's this section. Planning for impact, you know, really starting to plan out bigger projects and things you can be involved in, and then solo contributing. So let's get into this. Got five things in here as well. Number one, keep perspective. In your first 60 days, keep reminding yourself, why did they open this job? Why did they need this role? Why was this so valuable? And why were you selected to fill it? So it can be very easy when you're first starting a new job to start to just get into the minutia of the job and lose that broader perspective of the big picture. Because as a boss, as somebody who hires, more often than not, I'm hiring because we have a gap. Yes, I might have bigger plans for this person. I may have other ideas, but there's one thing that really sparked this need. What is that one thing? What is that thing that you can do and be a part of? Why do they hire you to fill it? If I hire a new uh, producer for the podcast and I want them to up the level of it, it's like, that's got to be your major focus, right? It's not all the other little projects. It's this right now in your first 60 days. Lean into that why. That was a shout out to Kevin, our producer, who I hired last year at this time. Happy anniversary, Kevin. Uh, He's awesome. Okay, number two, cross-functionally now. So you're meeting people from other teams, starting to figure out other teams that impact yours. So if you're in marketing, it might be meeting more people in the sales team or meeting more people in the product team. If you're in uh, sales, it, you know, it might be pe- the people in customer success and customer relations or it might be the data side so you can really start to understand how they're, you know, where, the, where the marketplace is going. Start to meet those other people in other groups. Number three, impact where you can. So you have a chance to prove yourself and make a good impression. So take something on. Be willing to step up into a project, deliver on the things you've been given, but take everything super seriously and like it is top notch and top importance. When you first start a new job, you might be given some things that may not feel super important to you. You may be given some things that are, you know, a little bit mundane. 
but you got to do those perfectly first to build confidence for the next things, to build confidence in yourself and to build confidence in your managers to give you more. So take on everything that's super in a super serious fashion. Think about things you could take on and help to make a good improvement uh, is process improvement. So Everyone at your new organization has been working within a process for a long time. We do this, 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 and this in order to publish or in order to promote something or in order to make a sale or whatever it may be. It's become their routine so often they can't see the flaws or the inefficiencies in a process. But as a new person, you come in with a new lens. And you can see things a little bit clearer than somebody that's been actually operating within it. So see if there are process, process improvements you can provide. A social media posting flow, a proofreading queue, an editing workflow, landing page design flow, whatever it may be. Whatever you're going to have, you're going to have tons of things that you're learning to do right now. But you might be able to look at some and say, okay, that's smart how they do this. I like the way that they've built this process. You might look at others and say, wait, why do they do it this way? Ask questions. Don't just say like, oh, why do you do it that way? Because I've had people do that before too that are like jarring and in your face like, oh, that's dumb. Why do you do it that way? You don't want to do that, but ask questions and say like, hey, have you guys ever thought about this, you know, this little shift or something like that? Make a real big impact if you make a process move a little bit smoother. Number four, define success with your manager. Make sure you have clarity of what your targets are. Set your goals that align with your manager so you're not just making them up. You're working in cohesion with your manager so that you know you're working in the right direction. You're not putting effort into things that aren't as high on priority and that you're satisfying the need that they have going back to the first one, why they hired you, right? Make that important. And then number five, you want to be working independently 80 to 90% of the time by the end of 60 days. So you still have option. You have still have time to go co-project with people. But by the 60 days, you want to start migrating into that. I'm mostly be able to do this solo. I'm mostly able to take this on by myself. Okay. So 90 days. This is what I call executing for reals with a Z. Okay. So five things in here as well. A lot of data points today. Number one, this is the moment that employers and hiring managers say, okay, was this person a good hire and are they impacting the organization in a positive way? They're asking that question about you. It's happening. Whether you realize it or not, it's happening. So ask yourself as you start to approach your 90 day, am I? Am I impacting the business in the right way? Am I making a positive impact? If you can't answer that question with confidence, how can they? So you have to know your impact. You have to know how you're lining up with the job description and the demands of the job and how you're integrating with the team and the culture and everything like that. You have to know these things because your boss may say to you someday, approaching 90 and be like, so how do you feel about your first 90 days on the job? You want to be ready with an answer. Number two, set up success metrics, performance data, track results, really be able to have things you can articulate and say, yeah. We raise this by 13%. We raise that by 22%. We cut expenses down by 8%, whatever it may be. Tracking results, having performance data is a great way to, to share what it is that you're accomplishing wherever you can. Third thing in this 90-day window, pitch a project to your manager. Have an idea, something you can take on and own. You have a unique point of view. You're bringing this to the organization. That's why you were hired. What can you bring to this organization in an executable fashion? So, so pitch something to your manager and say, Hey, I really think we can improve this, you know, email marketing campaign or this, you know, social media outreach and the way we work with the sales team or, you know, our scouting reports, whatever it may be. 
and pitch it to your manager and try to say, show it as something you can take on. Because at this point, you should be getting pretty comfortable in the day-to-day expectations. Now you want to push beyond. Number four, present something to the team. If you're working as part of a team, show confidence, show your intelligence, show your value by being able to get in front of the group and present something that you've analyzed or dissected, or maybe it's that process improvement. Maybe it's some other project you want to take on and you give a why behind it. If you can do that in the first 90 days, again, really good first impression. And number five, the final one, this should be a little fun for everybody. Get involved with some sort of a company extracurricular, volunteering, happy hour, company sports team, yoga class, whatever it is, whatever the company is doing, get involved in something. So Janelle, as you look at this and want to make impact, I just gave you 15 things you can be doing over the first 30, 90, 60, 90 days. If you do those things, if you do even half of them, you're going to be a great in great position. So thank you for your question. It's a really good one. And thank you all to, for listening. I've got four great uh, podcast interviews lined up this week. So we're going to have a nice, nice run of great conversations. Always great to have you here. Please rate, review, and subscribe. It's important for us to grow. And you guys are a big part of that. I'll see you all on Wednesday.